Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. I am Jacqueline, and joining me is our co-host, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we wanted to just sort of get personal with you all. We wanted to get personal about what's happening in our lives and also connect with some of our listeners and our Facebook community and some questions that they've been asking. We thought that those questions were so fantastic and so useful to to the community and the listeners, we wanted to bring it on to our podcast and answer. Yeah, we thought this would be a little bit more of a fun Q&A style episode and also of a, hey, what's going on over there with you and me? (laughs) (laughs) So let's dig in pretty quickly. So Mina, you have been doing some pretty big things lately. We share with our listeners what you're up to. I have, you guys. I've been hustling because this is my work on your business. And then, you know, in summertime, I'm going to be working in my, in my business. So right now I'm doing lots of trying to build more paths and platforms. So I actually applied for Target and CVS to get low labels into there. So that's one huge thing. I need to get all my photos. <laughs> I am excited. When I told my husband though, he was like, do you even want to get on there? And I was like, yes, of course. He's like, do people uh, shop on target.com though? I was like, yes, of course they do. Because he envisions all these moms just, you know, strolling the aisles and, and not going online. But I don't think that's the case at all. So anyways, I have applied for them and I'm trying to get that all organized. What else have I been up to? Uh, so Q2, I, so remember Q1, I was working on Pinterest. So Q2, so kind of a recap of Pinterest. I basically put together a whole bunch of pins. Some of them look like infographics. Some of them are my products being featured with like the keywords. So like daycare labels, for instance. And then I did like boyish versions and girlish versions, depending on the color. And and then we're going to see which pins perform the best. And then in Q2 and Q3, I'll actually be throwing money at it and promoting those pins that do best and seeing if they do well. So speaking of Pinterest, this is another exciting thing. So I started at zero, obviously, because I was doing no work in it. But now my monthly views have gotten to 90,000 views. Wow. Is that insane? Uh, does that, has that led to any conversions? Not really, but I just started and it's just like my pins, my overall pins. So I just also just got her those branded pins too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so for Q2, for Instagram, I linked up Shopify. So my, my site is on Shopify. So in Shopify, you can actually go and integrate it's called a sales channel. So like Pinterest, you can sell on there. Uh, Facebook, you can. And so I just turned on Instagram and I never had access to it before. So I think that there's some people that still might not get have access. And then I basically it syncs it up with your Instagram. So then you have buyable posts. And buyable posts are where you can buy 
you know, the products, like the labels right there in Instagram and not have to do a darn thing. Like you don't have to go to the website. You don't have to, you know, put this, you know, you don't have to do an extra step for a call to action. So that's what makes it so much easier. So I link those up and my products are live on Instagram and I'm trying to clean that up and make it look really good. And basically I'm stepping up my Instagram game guys and I'm excited about it. Can I interrupt real fast? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I'm actually, I, this is a learning for me. So on Instagram, do you have to have a certain amount of, because I know that sometimes you have to have a certain amount of followers to be able to do certain things on Instagram. Yeah. So t- in order to swipe up, you have to have 10,000 followers. I'm hoping that they lift that because they've been making so many changes that are beneficial to everybody and not just their like top influencing people. I'm not even close to 10,000 people. I think I'm at like 1,200 or something, which is pretty good because I was at 500 a few months ago. So yeah, you have to have 10,000, but you can still like now you can tag, for instance, in your actual Insta story. So that's new. And then now there was gifts for a little bit, but somebody freaking put racist gifts on that Giphy and then it has since been pulled. So of course there's people ruining it for the big scale of us. So that's why Giphy is not on there right now, but I'm sure it will come back once they clean up their platform because that was integrated in. And then also auto posts. Auto posts are legal with Instagram. So you can use like Hootsuite or I don't know if Buffer has it, but I use Recur Post. So that means it's now legal to set up all your Instagram posts and then have them automatically post to there. So before you used to have to like, push them. Like it would show up, Hey, here's, you could schedule them. And then they, it would say, are you ready to post? And you would have to verify. Yes. Uh, So now you don't have to verify it. And so it makes it a lot more business friendly. So you're skipping out like basically that one step, which is amazing. So it just goes to show you that Instagram is really changing to be more business friendly. So it'll be really cool to see like the changes with that. And then how did you, how are you selling on it? You said, how did you link it up? Instagram so you have to have a Shopify yeah. site, but supposedly you can do this with, with WordPress too, but I know nothing about WordPress. But also I always recommend that you, if, you're on, if you're selling products, Shopify is so easy, you guys. So definitely get onto Shopify. So Shopify, you can add sales channels. So you just literally click and say, add sales channel, and then you're able to click Instagram. It might not be there yet because it's not open to everybody. But I mean, I'm just this average person. So I think would be to anybody at this point, maybe 80% of people. And then when you go into your Instagram, you get, you click on the settings, which is that little cog wheel, and you go down to shopping. And then in shopping, it says sync with my Shopify products. So then you hit the check mark to check that. And then all of a sudden, when you're going in to post something, so I posted a picture of my uh, labels, and then you tag it. So just like how you tag people, that's, it's so easy. It's just that easy. Just like how you tag people, you tag the product. So it will say tag product and you click on product and then you search for your product and then it'll be synced up. So it just find it very easily. And then from that tag, it'll have a price, a price tag on there and the ability to buy. I love that. So there is this whole, and I, you know, I wonder if there's any sort of studies on it in terms of people buying off Instagram, but I have a cousin, he's 30. How old is he? Like 34. He lives in LA. He's very hip to LA stuff. And he was wearing these shoes that he was so proud of because they were all the rage on Instagram. So in his community and who he follows and everything, it was these certain shoes and they were only sold through 
Instagram. And then I recently met another young person that was also buying off of Instagram. So I think Instagram is definitely a platform that is going to just like continue to take off. And depending on your customer and your customer avatar and who's on there, how they're also going to buy. Because let me tell you, I'll even say this about Pinterest. If you told me how to put this room together and I could buy it all, which I think Pinterest does do, and I could buy all these cool things off of that one post, great. You figured it out for me. I don't have to put this room together. I can buy all this furniture in here and then have a like a room done. So it's like, it makes my life easier. Yeah, for sure. And it's just an, like, just remember Instagram is owned by Facebook and Facebook, you know, no matter what we want to say about them, they are geniuses. I mean, straight up geniuses. They know how to make it easy for people to buy. They, oh, another development. This is so exciting, which I haven't seen a lot of people posting about. But since there was so much backlash on Instagram's algorithm changing to where your feed is engagement, so it would post up basically the same ones over and over. It used to be chronological. So you would see the most recent. Now they're switching back to chronological, which is so exciting. So then you can definitely start posting like every single day, like back in the day when that was important, you know, and now it's like, it was based on engagement. So it was like, basically, you know, it would sometimes not even show up. So that's, what's really exciting is that they're, they're listening to their end user and making changes. Amazing. So what else is happening with you? Anything personal happening that we could share with our listeners? Oh my gosh. My little one is turning three in like two weeks. So her birthday party is this weekend and it just makes me so happy and so sad at the same time. Like I love that she's growing up because I can tell that I'm a happier person. Like I... I'm not so great with like the young babies, I feel like, because I'm so stressed out from it. And I'm, I have such hang, high anxiety, especially if there's like screaming kids yep. and I don't like my kids to be crying. And you know, like, you know how some people are okay with their kids crying? I'm not, I can't, I can't handle that. You know, no, it's like a fire alarm in my head. Like yeah. I, I could never, I couldn't really let my kids cry it out because I could not stand it. Yeah, truly. And so I'm glad that, the, that she's out of that stage and she's starting to talk. Lord help me when we start potty training. I know she's, she'll be three and that's like really late in the game. My first daughter was already potty trained by the time she was like hit two, maybe like it was very early on. The kids are all different and I'm learning that. So I'm trying to let her signal me, mama, I'm ready to potty train. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had a boy, boys also go later. So yeah. and my, my, I remember with my, with my son, my mom was like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Just take the diaper off. Are you going to do it? And we're like, we didn't even have time to wrap our heads around mm-hmm. potty training just yet. You know, it takes Don't commitment. Worry. So I need to like literally have a full week where I'm like committed to potty training her or something. And then she's also attached to her binky. So it's going to be a process there where she only gets her binky at night or something like that. So there's a lot of stuff going on for that. Obviously, it's very focused on my little one. And then for my older one, she's always good. (laughs) (laughs) And then very into Minecraft, you know. And she, and so, and summer's coming up. So you are definitely going to have time with the girls. Yes. And one of the birthday presents that I got for my little one is a, so we usually do like a water table and you just basically fill it up and it has like all these toys. People use it for sand. Sometimes they fill it up with sand, Um, but we use it for water and my kids love water. And so we just put it on the deck. So I got a little extension of that where it's a pirate ship one. So we're adding to basically our play area, water area. So it'd be really fun. We did have like a summer pass one time to the pool and we went one time. I'm not kidding you because we just use that water table every day. It's so much easier than 
lugging them to the pool and taking all the stuff and then, you know, having to keep track of them within hundreds of kids. So yeah. that's kind of, I'm embracing the, the, you know, playing on the deck while my kids still enjoy it while they're still little. But before the summer comes, we have our own personal time. Mina and I are seeing each other again. Yeah. End of April. So Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. So <laughs> I'm bringing Jacqueline over to the Midwest, not quite to Iowa yet, but hopefully someday. So we'll be at She's Building Her Empire Live, which is uh, Stacey Tischel's community. And so it'll be really exciting. Like I love seeing Jacqueline in person. I know a lot of the people that will be there as well. So we'll be able to kick back and be in work mode still. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, we'll broadcast live from there the same way that we did from Vegas. And Mina and I are going to do our own little photo shoot because when we talk about branding, we really need to get photos on our site that are together as business besties and business partners. And it's hard. Some of you probably do have business partners that aren't local to you. Um, So whenever you can connect, figure out how to push that brand forward or or meet the needs that need to be met. And um, we might do a little uh, Bosscation by Lauren Black. We are meeting up with some other female entrepreneurs that we know. And there's some really amazing speakers aligned with this conference. And so what we learn and what we grow, we will absolutely share with you. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. I'm excited even about the photo shoot. Uh, we since have put our photos up on our podcast page, and my photo, which I don't take a lot of photos, is myself with long hair. And I've cut my hair like for the last couple of years. So. <laughs> It's an old picture, but I still look very similar. So I like to think, but it will be nice to get some professional photos done because I feel like we're really treating the product boss as a legit biz then, right? Yeah. And if you're a professional photographer in Wisconsin and you (laughs) (laughs) You want to, you know, hang with us for an hour or so and take our picture, we would love that, right? But yeah, I mean, and that's something to think about too, especially as let's say moms, like I barely have any photo of myself. Like I am not of the, the generation of selfies, you know, like take a picture of me by myself over here. I was either in pictures with friends or, you know, just not on my own. And so it was really hard. And I had professional photos taken of myself for, you know, designer consulting co-ops website. And I'm sure, Mina, you probably find the same thing. It's like, there's very few photos of us yeah, there's always the dad with the kids, right? Yeah. Um, but actually, I love selfies. If you look on my personal Instagram, you'll see a few selfies on there. There's less and less and less because, I mean, I just don't look good enough to do like <laughs> It's very few and far between where I'm looking decent enough for a selfie. Like before, obviously I was getting out and about and doing stuff. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm in, this is my season. It's my season of working hard and, and looking presentable once or twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) Also another one that I'm going to, so you guys will kind of laugh because Jacqueline had to kind of push me on this. I'm going to a conference the week after she's building her empire alive. I'm going to seller summit in Florida and I'm going by myself and I know not even a single soul. And this is Steve Chu's event. He does my wife quit her job podcast. He has a huge following. I think there's thousands of people going to the actual summit and I qualified to be in the mastermind, which is like, I think 16 people that you have to make a certain income level to and get it verified that you're able to be in that mastermind. And there's like a whole bunch of different levels. So that's been, that's going to be exciting, but it's very, very scary at the same time. There is a networking event, like the night that I go in and then there's the mastermind the whole day that after, and then there's a couple days with the event. So I'm actually not going to be in those last, the last day of the event listening to the speakers, but I really just wanted to go for the mastermind. But 
I'm concerned. I got to say, I'm concerned about traveling by myself for one, not knowing a single person because every single event, I at least knew people from the online space. And I don't know anybody like I haven't, haven't connected with anybody even online or face-to-face on like a coffee chat, video call. But I'm going to make the best of it and I'm being brave and I'm going to meet some people and I think it'll be important for my business. This is Jacqueline, you guys. I think it's important for your business that you go to Seller Summit. Because <laughs> so I was like, should I cancel my ticket? It was like a $1,300 ticket and was like, should I try to sell it? What do you think? Like after I decided to go to She's Building Her Empire was like finding any excuse to sell that ticket. And <laughs> I'm really proud of you because all of us need to be pushed a bit. And you know, Mina doesn't travel a ton, but when she does, I mean, you, like you said, like you always pull a gem, at least one thing that you get out of it. And so I think it'll be amazing. And so, yeah, for all of you too, I mean, push yourself. So if there's an event you can go to that's specific to your product or traveling or convention or something to really sort of build your business or build you personally, we recommend that you do it. I mean, try something, even if it's local, try something, try connecting. You never know who you're going to meet. For example, I never knew I was going to meet Mina when I became a part of the community that I was a part of and cut to now we have a podcast and we're business partners. Yeah, that's true. If I find another biz bestie, can you imagine? Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know. Are you going to start another podcast with her or her? I don't don't know. (laughs) Don't go, don't go. (laughs) The funny thing too is, so I had to book a hotel and I booked a nice hotel because I was like, shoot, if I'm going to be staying by myself, I want to make sure. Because in Florida, I didn't know, but they have these like little resorts that it opens to the outside and it's a little kitchenette and everything. And I was like, I don't feel safe in that. That looks like somebody's apartment. Mm -hmm. So I paid to be in an upscale hotel where there's locked rooms and there's a concierge (laughs) and I'm not kidding you. Like when I'm going to get into an Uber, I'm going to like text Jacqueline first being like, I'm in Uber. This is the guy's number. Blah blah blah. (laughs) Because I'm just overly paranoid, but I'm excited and I'm just, I'm going to relax and enjoy it and probably get on a, maybe I'll do a solo podcast episode where I talk about my learnings. You don't know, you know, like shoot, if I'm going to be doing this brave, bold move. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast on your own. Yeah, that'd be incredible. So I wanted to share some of the stuff that I'm up to. Yeah. Also. So personally, we are buying a house and boy, oh boy, has it been a nightmare. (laughs) No, it's been a process. I did say to Jacqueline, I was like, remember shopping for your home is supposed to be fun because she would be like, oh my God, this is horrible. (laughs) Well, we keep losing out. So I mean, it's just definitely a seller's market and there's not a lot of inventory. So I will be just very upfront with all of you. I am moving deep into New Jersey. According to me. <laughs> New Jersey girl, no longer New York. I, well, I would say like I'm originally a Valley girl from LA and now I'm going to be a, Jer- a Jersey girl, but the community where we're moving. So we basically have traveled so much in my family or my family with James, myself and our kids, because James is an actor and we've tried to keep our family intact and travel. But now my son's going to kindergarten. And so we are going to try and stabilize a bit. And one of that, one of the decisions there were that we were going to buy a place and buy a house. And we're actually buying in a part of New Jersey that other Broadway actors and like the Broadway community 
lives in. And so we're going to sort of have a built-in tribe because that's one of the things too, you know, I've now found that on an entrepreneurial level, I found my tribe, I found my support system, but personally, yes, I have friends, but it's been hard to keep friends or to keep something going because we travel so much. So we automatically, I mean, we were looking at houses. We had breakfast with a couple and their daughter who was the age of uh, my son because they live there because we already kind of know people versus when you move into a new city, you probably usually don't know anyone unless you're moving back home or whatnot. So we're really excited about that, but we are buying a house that was owned by an extravagant, for my taste, uh, interior designer. And he was in his nineties when he passed recently. So just think about that then. This house is like it's like from the fifties. I think they designed part of it in the fifties and the rest in like late seventies and it's impeccable and amazing and well, so well taken care of, but there's fabric padded walls. And I see that weird, but it's like shing tongue colored, like instead of uh, wallpaper, it's definitely from the seventies. So there's a bit of projects that are going to happen for us this, this summer on a personal level. That's sort of what we're dedicating our time to is getting this house fixed up. I love it though. I looked at the house and I was like, that house is actually so you. Not because it's like, you know, lots of fabric on fabric, but the fact that it's very design heavy and there's so many little details that if she were to, it was a lot on a lot on a lot. So once she gets that person's belongings out of there and she puts her own like modern twist to it and cleaner lines mixed in with the extravagant details and the arches and the fabric padding on the wall, I think it will be really cool. It'll be really eclectic, but I think it'll just look really creative and still like it'll be your own rather than looking at the photos. It was like majorly like so much stuff and so like lavish on lavish on lavish, you know? Which is why I, part of the reason I think we got the house is because we sent a personal letter and said what we were, that we were both artists, you know, musical theater actor. I'm a fashion designer. My son's going to art. We're going to turn the basement into an art studio. And they fell in love with us because of course <laughs> the daughters are, are artists too. They actually turned down an all cash offer from someone they thought was like too egotistical or something crazy. So if you're buying a house and you're competing in prices, you know, and all that, send a personal letter and really connect with them. And another house that we actually lost out on, but I did do a little Facebook stalking. I'm just going to put that out there. I found out this. Oh my gosh. Well, I looked them up because we were writing a letter and they were really into football. So I included that in my letter. Like, we can't wait to sit in the den and watch football. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you Hashtag know. Hashtag liar. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that just goes to show you, like, you know how back in the day they used to say, tailor your resumes to the job that you're applying for? And then in the product biz, tailor your, you know, intro and your pitch to the boutique that you want to be in. Well, tailor your letter to this house you want to buy because it's yeah. a seller's market. And just like in a seller's market, in the product world, the boutiques and the the people that are buying, the buyers, they really hold the cards. So important all around life lesson there, yeah. I think. Know your buyer know your seller, just, just know whatever you're trying to pitch out there, know what you need and kind of, it wasn't lying because we do watch the Rose Bowl and the Rose Parade (laughs) (laughs) and the Super Bowl, maybe while eating vegan chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This sounds very non-football lifestyle. We're the exact opposite. My husband's a musical theater actor. (laughs) 
But anyways, but, I, but we're really excited about this house. And I was not lying that my son literally, we were like, this is where the canvases are going to go. And this is how we're going to, you know, do this and the other. So I think it's awesome. Another exciting thing is my new website is finally launched. So when we talk about sort of rebranding, I've had my company for over 10 years now for designer consulting co-op and I've done the website three times. It adjusts every time like technology changes. So this time I really, really, really fought the whole uh, responsive design and like the scrolling pages uh, where before it was very menu oriented where you'd click, you know, on the menu and you'd click to your page. And uh, when I first started, I had a flash website. So I had animation happening on my site. <laughs> Ooh la la. Yeah, it was real fancy. I had like fabricals dropping. Like I did hand illustrations and basically made my illustrations come to life thanks to a very good friend of mine from college who's like an amazing web developer. But my big mistake was that I didn't hire him for this last round and I tried to go, I guess, cheaper and faster in a way. And so I looked for people on, you know, Upwork and I got some recommendations and I picked someone from India because I thought that it was going to be cheaper. But I also thought that he had combined skills between SEO and you know, coding. And because I have a WordPress site, because I'm a service-based business, and it's just the way that I built my site, that I have WordPress. I didn't want to lose my SEO. And I wanted to sort of keep my site intact. And because yeah, the back end. The back end. Because mm-hmm. I have a very good SEO. And we thought even if I jumped off onto another platform, would that affect it? So it took a very long time. My dear friend in India injured himself at some point and then was complaining to me that it was taking so long. And I said, that's because you've injured yourself. Then he didn't do any of the design. So I had to hire a designer to help me do the design. And so then it was two people and I was in different time zones. So, and it was over the holidays. And so basically he was in India. I was in Los Angeles. My graphic designer was in the Midwest and too many time zones. And it was hard to connect with anyone. And so, what, four months later, I got it up. Well, she was like, I hate blah, 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 and he hates me. Yeah. I I eventually had to have my husband talk to him, like, on Facebook Messenger. I was like, I can't. I can't. When I get really stressed, I'm like, I can't hand the phone to my husband. So when Jacqueline was saying responsiveness on her website, that means when you have a responsive website, it adjusts to, like, it being mobile. Like, the the newer websites all do this, and they scale up to, like, they, it's a wider photo, like when you get on a desktop versus like, you know, and let's say you're on a laptop. So that's what she was trying to do in this revamp too. So just keep that in mind. There's some tech stuff behind the scenes here too. But it was doing really weird things like, and it was sized really weird. And it, so I'm not going to point out any more like bad flaws about it, but let's just say that I was really, it was devastated actually when I launched it because I just wasn't proud of the product. So and I'm, I met somebody and she's like my website guru at this point, like my, like my fairy godmother that has come down out of the inter- internet. And, and it turns out like, she's like, because I was actually, so this leads into my next thing is that I hired a VA, but when I was looking for a VA, this woman had responded and I was just chatting with her and I said, you know, and I really need help kind of going back through my website. She's like, that's amazing that you're asking me that because my husband always says I should be like the website police because I'm always judging people's websites and saying they should do this and that and the other. And I was like, um, hi, this is going to be your new job. One. And two, could you please help me? And then she goes, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but my husband does coding. I was like, oh my God, you two are like lifesavers. And I, she, she wasn't even looking for her. It's like, you know, 
the universe knew Jacqueline needed a break. From oh my God. Cause my husband needs a break from me. I was like, my website. <laughs> but I have an online business. And so that is where a lot of my business generates from. So anyways, she has done an incredible job. There's one page left, but it is up and live. And hopefully by the time this airs, the whole thing is up there. So if you want to check it out, it's designerconsultingcoop.com. I really built myself into it more because I've transitioned my business from doing where before I was full service product development and production for people in fashion to more so consulting and connecting. So now I'm consulting people and connecting them with vendors that are more appropriate for them and helping them build their businesses, but without, without having to be responsible for the product and the production. And it is awesome. So that leads me into my VA. I hired a VA, mm-hmm. super excited about her. How turns out Um, It's going great. She, so something to analyze for yourselves. And I didn't start to reflect on myself the way that I have since I've had a relationship with Mina, where she, if you have someone close to you, especially in business, they can kind of reflect back to you what your strengths and your weaknesses are. So I'm very good with ideas. I'm not sort of like, I'm not disorganized, but I'm not organized. So one of my best friends used to work for me at Designer Consulting Co-op. She basically ran my business in my office and she was an Excel queen. Like everything she did, she came from a... um, advertising as well, but she basically like aligned everything. Like these are your customers. This is all in Excel. You know, everything was really broken down and had processes to it. And I realized that that's something that I need in my world. So my VA, Adrian, she is that for me. So she's like, first we have to clean up your calendar. And she's like, this is your schedule. And she's like, you know, really analyze my time management. I'm constantly on the phone and, and consulting and working with clients one-on-one. So I'm aware of what my clients need, but I'm not always on top of what I need. So I'll get little, like during this podcast, I have three messages from her. They're like, Hey, by the way, I sent you (laughs) this, you need to follow up on that and da, da, da. And so just having that person sort of be looking out for me, it's been incredible. And then it's those little reminders that I need. Yeah. I think when you're looking to hire somebody, you need to really look at how you solve problems and how other people solve problems. So Jacqueline and I are both product experts. We have a lot of aligned experiences, but she just solves problems in a different way. Jacqueline talks them out. She's a very broad thinker. She talks it out. She gets people to aha moments and she is amazing at that. Brilliant. I am the opposite of that. So when I solve a problem, I need to break it down break the heck out of it down into piece by piece by piece by piece and then think about it piece by piece. I cannot even talk it out with anybody until I have something to like present to them or like, hey, I've broken this down. (laughs) And so it's just like opposite ways of approaching something. And I think that there's not one way that's better or better than the other. I think it's just different. So when you find somebody that does something in a different way than you do, it just complements what you're already doing a lot better because then they're able to pull that skill set from you that you're not, you know, that's not your go-to, you know? So I think that's really, that's awesome. I would love to have a VA except for, I don't know, I'm so control freaky. (laughs) Well, the product boss, as we are expanding and growing with our masterminds and our strategy sessions and everything else that we're up to, we'll probably be hiring on a VA. So if you work one-on-one with us, you will probably be communicating with him or her in the near future. So let us know also, like head over to our Facebook page, to our Facebook community at the Product Boss community and share with us some of the things you're up to. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and we'd love to connect with 
listeners and know sort of what you're up to, whether it's personal or like personal, personal struggles, personal successes, you're getting married, you got engaged. Actually, one of our masterminders just got engaged and that was, I know. That was her so win. Exciting. So in our thing, she's like, and by the way, some news and she flashes a ring and we're all <laughs> in the group and that group specifically. And it was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so exciting because despite like all the things that we try to get done in our business, life happens and life, you know, there's been there's such good things and, you know, and there there's struggles too. So it is fun to kind of talk about it and give updates, you know? Yeah. So speaking of our Facebook community, now we're going to head over to discuss some questions that our listeners are asking in our Facebook community. So one of the questions is when and how to launch brand extensions. Is there a specific time, seasonality or stage in business development when launching might be best for gaining more market share? Or is any time just as good as the next? So Mina, did you want to answer that question? Yeah, sure. The best time to launch a brand extension is in growth stage. So usually, you know, we all start out in startup stage. So startup stage is when you have your initial product. It could just be one product. But the word that you always have to remember is iterate. So you're taking that product. And a lot of times people get so close to that product that they don't want to change it. But you do have to change it because you have to figure out what sells and what doesn't sell. So iterate, 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 iterate. And then when you're iterating in that startup stage, you're figuring out what your most popular product is. And I always say that because that's basically the product that sells. It's very popular. People love it. It sells the most and it gets the most engagement. Like people react to it. So once you figure that out, then that's when you add on your brand extension. So you you could be adding like some sort of variation of that or maybe adding like a sister product of that. And that is in growth stage. So growth stage is when you're adding on complementary products that serve your ideal customer, your avatar, and then based off the knowledge that you have from your most popular product. So it can't be something that's completely out of the box because... It can, but you won't, it'll be more of a risk. You're taking an educated risk anytime you're, you know, launching a brand extension. So this is using that product knowledge of your most popular product. You're able to give an educated extension to your brand and, and really build out a collection of sorts. Yeah. And so basically if you have, if you try and expand on product or you have a lot of very similar products and they're not selling well, don't launch a new product yet. And if you have something and you want to do an iteration of it, if it's also not your top performer, don't launch another one because if they don't want this, they don't want another. So if you're doing a handbag and you did like a little clutch or something and it didn't do very well and you've decided you want to come up with a second clutch that's similar in another color, hold on, don't do it. Like you want to expand on products that are selling, like flying off the shelves and that you could get someone to buy another one from you or buy it again because you've changed the color because they're like, oh my God, I love this so much. So I own two bags that are the same, but different colors because I do love this bag so much. Because you're a fan, right? So then, you know, tapping into that most popular product, actually growth stage is my favorite stage because you don't have all those struggles and the, and everything of the startup because you're trying to figure out so much stuff. You don't have that anxiety as much, I feel like, even though you, you do still have it in growth stage. But when you're adding on a product and it's, you know, and so your first product is already selling. So you add on a variation of that and that's selling too. And that is just the really fun part is that you're basically making smarter choices because you have more data to pull from. 
Totally. So here's another question from our Facebook group. So another question on our Facebook page is, I plan on having a flash sale on Zulily and I am wondering what KPIs or for you all key performance indicators I should have. So I'm going to jump in and answer that to start. I think that something you want to know is your end goal and, and basically the, the amount of product you're selling. So if you're selling a hundred pieces, a thousand pieces, I want you to know that total. And I want you to know what that could yield. So add up, if you sell all of your product, how much you're going to make. I like to work backwards from that. So that way then if you're in your first 24 hours of your sale and you've sold a thousand dollars worth of product and you know that you have 20,000 to sell, you'll know that, you know, you've only sold a thousand on 20,000. Okay. So that's, that's gauging your sale versus if you have $3,000 worth of product and you sold a thousand dollars worth, then you're a third of the way there. You can also take a look at that in units. The other thing too, is when you are done with your sale, you can look at what people were most attracted to. Was it a color? Was it a style? what sizes, because for example, if then you do a secondary sale on Zulily, then let's say we have a client that's a plus size line and, but she sells from medium all the way up to like three X. So if she's selling more medium and larges and XL, then maybe, maybe there's more of a contemporary buyer on there versus the plus size buyer. And so then she might want to go back in and do a sale again and maybe not necessarily pitch the plus sizes and just pitch the smaller sizes. So just knowing what you're selling and the response and then seeing how the performance is and trying to measure that. Yeah. One thing I'll say is that it varies too with what day you unveil that first day on. So keep track of the the actual specific, specific days. Is it a Monday? Is it a Saturday? You know, so then you can for next time know what days are performing better for you. Okay, so what's the next question, Jacqueline? So the next question is, I'm developing a product and trying to figure out the wholesale and resale price. How do I do that? So the formula that's typically used, what is it, Jacqueline? Time, so five, let's say your product is $5. The cost of goods is $5. You would double it. So that's your wholesale price. So $10 would be your wholesale. And then you double it again which would be $20 would be your retail Retail. price. Yeah. So that's typically how they do it, right? The formula. Yeah. So in fashion, um, just since I can speak more to that, what happens is, is I usually tell my clients, you take your cost, right? So that's your cost of goods. It's the cost of labor. That's everything. You're probably building in some sort of overhead into that and potentially packaging. Um, So your total cost to make and ship out, let's say one garment that does not include your shipping, just so everybody knows. Then Typically, I tell clients not to do less than double, right? Less than two times. So if it's $5, don't do less than $10. But it is ideal, depending on the product that you're doing, if you could do like times 2.2. So if you can do $5 times 2.2, you would end up at $11 for your wholesale. If you're doing accessories, sometimes accessories have like huge markups and maybe even, you know, with your product, if it's a really cheap product and you know the value or you know that you could sell it for more than what your cost is, you can pick any number as long as it's getting to a place that you think your customers are going to buy. So sometimes accessories might be times 2.7 from cost to wholesale. Sometimes it could even be three times. So if your cost is $5, you could be selling it wholesale for $15 if, if you see that people can 
we'll buy it at that. But this is where it gets tricky because that's your margin, right? For you, the manufacturer, your margin is from your cost to what you're wholesaling it at typically. We're not talking about you selling directly to customers because that's awesome and that's the goal because that's where you make the huge margin, right? So, but then if you're selling wholesale, you need to know what stores markup according to the product you're selling. So again, in apparel, it's usually 2.2. So a boutique usually marks up about 2.2 to 2.3, but we generally say about 2.2. When you're starting out, you don't usually give manufacturers suggested retail pricing unless you're selling to a company that requires it. Like if you're doing really big business with Macy's, then you might have to do that because you don't want competitor boutiques to have to like price beat Macy's or your suggested retail price. But I would say if you're, you need to know your boutique business or your store business and what their markup is. So how about you, Mina? Like, have you done in, in your arena any sort of wholesale? I don't prefer wholesale, but I have done it. Like I've worked with people who sell uh, school supplies, like those boxes. So you probably don't know, actually. So when you go to register your kid for school, you can just get the box of supplies. You don't actually have to go shopping for it. So it's literally, it arrives on that kid's desk. And so I do that every year. So I contacted a school supply company and he bought wholesale. Those are the types of ones that I love to do. I've been approached for boutiques and they drive me a little bit crazy. So it's not my favorite model, but that's how some people build their entire business. They you know, serve dozens of boutiques. So for wholesale though, so a lot of my business is on Amazon. So when you're thinking about the cost of that, there's also the cost of, I also do fulfillment by Amazon. So I actually, you know, using that price model, I don't even hit the right margins, but I'm going on like volume. With Amazon, yeah, you just have to think about the volume you get and see what, if your margin is coming out right. But just try to make sure you're considering your cost of goods sold and then also not so much the shipping, but also the the markup of different platforms. So for instance, Amazon is fulfillment by Amazon. I don't have that in other areas. But the, the MSRP, the man, manufacturer's suggested retail price, I like to have that in my mind anyway. So then when you're going out to different platforms, you'll know what you want people to be selling for. You know, so then there's not this like big blur of, hey, it's over. I can get it for less over here because a lot of the big companies, Walmart and Target and Amazon and everything, they price match. So you don't want to get a boutique out there that's selling it for like way less because it'll just dilute your brand and your pricing. (laughs) Agreed. So back to that. So the other thing I suggest to people sometimes is that if you're selling direct to customer and you also have a lot of online business happening, so I had a huge client selling on his own website and also to revolve.com. I didn't, I never wanted him to beat out revolve. So you could, you don't want to undercut your wholesale business with beating them out with a cheaper price, because then why would they buy from Revolve if they could just go to your site and get it cheaper? So you always want to be aware that you really are trying to build that business and relationship with your, with your boutique business, with your wholesale business, and you don't want to ever undercut them because they will just cut you out. And ultimately the growth of your brand is based on the growth of the platforms or your sales channels. And a lot of times boutique business can be the bread and butter of a business, you know, like just a really solid boutique business or store business. And then, you know, you're also selling on your own site, but let's just all remember when you launch a product, you may launch your website. Nobody knows, nobody knows who you are, but if they're walking into a store that they're familiar with or a store that has an online presence with a lot of customers, 
and they learn about your product, they learn about your brand there, they will then find your website. And so we want to cultivate that relationship always. Yeah, I love that. Pricing is is very subjective. So just using that formula and, and then catering it to platforms and then your own specific situation, I think is key for figuring out what your price point is. Do we have any other questions? I think that's it. So remember to go head over to the Facebook community on Facebook for the Product Boss community and leave us questions. We sometimes answer in real time over there. And then other times we'll tell you, you know what, this is going to be a great podcast episode or question in a Q&A like this. So, and also let us know if you like this sort of format. A lot of our masterminders want to know more about what we're up to personally, since we both have our own product-based businesses and our own companies. And sometimes they're just interested in what we're doing to scale and grow. So please remember to like and review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. That would be so helpful. And share us, share us with anyone that you think could benefit from this podcast. Yeah, a really easy way to do this is if you screenshot what you're doing and and where you're listening to our podcast and tag us on Instagram, you can share that you're listening to us and then tag us at The Product Boss, which is a fun and easy way to share. So I'm going to head over to Mina's Instagram and check out your Bible post because I think that's amazing and something definitely to learn. So the Bible links uh, or Bible posts. Okay. I thought you said Bible. I was like, I don't, I don't have any Bible Bible posts. (laughs) That's the Valley girl slash Jersey girl in me, my accent. So your Bible links in Instagram. So tell us your Instagram handle and we'll definitely put that in there on the show notes. It's Lil Labels Co. So it's L-I-L Labels and then co. And that's where I sell my daycare labels. Remember, I'm just in the process of cleaning that up. But if you look at the highlighted stories, that's up and color coded and everything. And it's looking really good. Now I actually have to fill up my recur post queue with, you know, automatic posts. So it will just get better and better. And I'm super excited about it. So yeah, head over there and check it out and see if that's something you want to do for yourself. Thanks everyone for joining us. And we will talk to you next week on the Product Boss Podcast. Thanks everyone. Loved this episode of the Product Boss Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We would so appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by our mastermind, Multi-Stream Machine. Multi-Stream Machine is our 12-week program that takes the high-level knowledge of two product-based experts, myself and Jacqueline, combined with all the inspiration, accountability, and magic of a peer mastermind. We coach the hot seats through their struggles, facilitate the advice of all their fellow product-based masterminders, and help to focus everyone on more sales. Believe me, it's not only business changing, it's life changing. And we want you to be a part of it. Go to www.theproductboss.com mastermind to learn more or to apply now.